Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam and I get to serve as the pastor of Central Ministries here at SMCC. I said that wrong last week, but that that is my title now. I'm glad you know your title, Adam. (laughs) Dude, I have some things just on autopilot sometimes. (laughs) Uh, So I've got Eric with me on my left. I've got Trevor, our pastor of teaching discipleship on my right. Uh, This is kind of fun to have consistent guests on here sometimes we have to like because of scheduling like move things around but like yeah. i don't know we feel like we've got a good rhythm going here right now yeah i'm yeah. excited i'm excited for this and uh, a lot to talk about today with our sixth doctrinal statement and yep. um a lot of real life practical examples of this uh, i have one from just today um doing a couple things today here in utah that i think live out this um this doctrinal statement so i'm excited to get into it yeah let me go ahead and read uh the sixth doctrinal statement of yeah, SMCC, let's do it. and we'll just, mm-hmm. we'll just jump right in Uh, We believe in the spiritual unity of all believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, as he is understood from the Bible alone, regardless of denomination affiliation. I like it. So this is our doctrinal statement on the church, Mm -hmm. although it doesn't use that word. Didn't use the word church. Which I I actually think is clever. Trevor, why do you think it doesn't use the word church in our doctrinal statement? As the new guy, any guesses as to why that might be? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, maybe it gives a chance to kind of, uh, it just explains what the church is rather than just staining the church. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think the word church is so loaded. Mm. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. It is Mm -hmm. so loaded. And, um, that's, what's going to make today's podcast so enjoyable, I think, is all the things that go with that one word. Um, we talked about it in the message, but, uh, it actually comes from a German word. You know, the, the word that a lot of people go to, if you sit in a church and, you know, the pastor uses a Greek word, it's ekklesia, mm-hmm. the called out. And uh, when I was in seminary, um, called out meaning uh, ek means out of, kaleto means to call. So ekklesia is the called out. And so mm. I always heard sermons like, you were the called out ones. And I was like, and then I was taught in seminary that that's uh, one of the most common word study fallacies is that the word means its parts. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the parts of the word is the meaning of the word. Interesting. That's a, that's a typical fallacy because that word was used of uh, civic groups and community groups and city groups and, you mm-hmm. know, the knitting club and the golf club. They were all ecclesias. So really, they're not more called out than the church. It just meant a gathering. Mm-hmm. But church doesn't come from ecclesia. Mm-hmm. It comes from a German word, kirche. If I said that right, I'm not sure. Sure. Um, which comes from a Latin word. Uh, is the is the is German built on Latin? Is it like a Germanic language? Is that a Latin thing, Trevor? You are way smarter than I. I feel like so Trevor I'm... would know that. <laughs> Do you know? Just say I don't know if you don't know. I don't know, but uh, I would it. guess that it goes back to Latin. That, okay. that would be my guess. Man, Germanic languages. Like, can gonna, you look that I'm up real quick? Ask Google. Man, oh gosh. Okay. Anyways, it uses the Latin alphabet in the way that it's written. So maybe that's okay. something. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's something. Interesting. Oh, wait. So Maybe we says, have a linguistics professor listening. Are we wrong, Adam? Says, uh, <laughs> so the answer to this question is no, because German and Latin are just the two different branches of the same language family, i.e. Indo-European family of languages. Wow. Got it. So okay. they, they share a common ancestor and their siblings. Yes, okay. their siblings. All yeah. right. Mm. Good to know. There we go. I like that. Um, 
German and but comes from a Latin word, uh, La- German to Latin to Greek, which is the word kurios, uh, mm-hmm. which is the possessive uh, of the word Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, if you track that from Greek all the way into English, church really means the Lord's. And that's more accurate than the called out or the ecclesia. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And so at the very end uh, of the day, what we're saying is that church is God's. That's what it is. It's this thing that is, that is mine is one way to translate mm-hmm. what curios would mean of the Lord uh, or the Lord's thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an interesting um, concept. Now, I want to take, take some time and think about church for a little bit. Um, everybody has a word that they put before the word church when they talk about a church. So think about it, whether it's that church or what church or my church, like there's a word that comes before the word church, no church, you know, that mm-hmm. I think is really, really important to pay attention to because it's the word that comes before church and the way you talk about church that probably highlights for you your beliefs and your perspective on church. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, as a kid, I remember driving past churches and they were just, I, I mean, I didn't even pay attention to them. I just drove right past them. And then eventually in high school, I started to skateboard at them because they had cool stairs and you could ollie down them and yeah. there was a lot of pavement. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of a reason to go to church. And then later on, you know, church is the place where couples went in high school late at night because they were, you know, empty parking lots and you could, oh, yeah. you know, get a little frisky in the car. Like mm-hmm. I actually lived at a church parsonage and people would totally come park in our lot, you know, uh, and, and mess around. And um, so it's like everybody in the West has grown up around churches, um, but everybody has a different level of relationship too. To church. And so for me, when I was 18, I became a Christian and showed up at a local church. And I, it went from like just that church or another church or weird church or invisible church in my city to that's my church now. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. a big change. So anyways, what was your perspective of church growing up? Like, because it, it's way different than mine. I mean, you grew up in church. Yeah, I, I grew up in church basically for uh, the majority of my life. And I mean, when you're young, I mean, you don't have a perfect understanding of what it is. But you think of it a church as, um, yeah, it's like that church. There's like buildings or churches. So there's so here's my church, and then there's that church. There's the Presbyterian church. There's the Lutheran church there. There's, you know, the, yeah. So, the, you know, you kind of just think of it as like these these buildings that people are meeting in essentially as as a you know young person yeah. and kind of weird like that one looks scary that one looks cool yeah, that one yeah. looks dead like yep. you can just drive by and get a and when you live in the church world like us like you can just drive by and look at a church look at a website and get a sense of yeah. what that church is like there was even like a church in my small town that i grew up in like less than twenty thousand people but there was like that was the church that had the good youth group yeah the, the, the other town, youth right? right the town not the church the town had less than twenty thousand people sorry no. town had less than twenty thousand yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah you only had a few choices but there was the church who had the resources to be a good like youth group family yeah. culture you know and then yeah. yeah there's the one church that has a good outreach yeah you know stuff like that you know yeah, yeah. so you know it's really interesting to me what takes somebody and moves them from that church or no church or what church to a my church type mm-hmm. of person where mm-hmm. trust is high and connection is high. And, um, you know, so in this doctrinal statement, it's the theological or biblical concept of church. Of course, then we could talk about the philosophy of our church. Um, today, I want to steer to more of the theological perspective of church in our podcast. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good way to get into that doctrine is to just think through what did we inherit as kids growing up around churches. Trevor, what was it like for you? I mean, what was your perspective of, of church? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell a story while you think about that. I would stay the night at my aunt's house when we were younger, and she would drag me to her church. 
Oh, there's another one. Her church. Her church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was a Lutheran church, and uh, it had the the kneelers. You ever been to a oh, church yeah. with the kneelers? With the folding kneelers? Yeah, with a nice yeah. little pad on there. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So there was the kneeling section. Did and... it have, like, water on the way in for you to... Yep. Yeah. Yep. You do a little yeah. sprinkle on the yeah. little spritz uh, oh, on the way in. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, and then there was this time where they would call the kids up and the kids would get candy from the priest and they'd tell like the little children's church story and it just happened at the front of the room. And, oh. um, but I remember having to go to church and just thinking, oh no, I don't want to do this. How but, long is this going to take? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, going to church for like a year or two when I was in elementary school and uh, they had Awana there at the time, which mm. was oh, like yeah. the church version of Accelerator Reader. And I was down with that. <laughs> I was I was good on you that. Were, you I were good at Awana. That. You can memorize stuff, <laughs> did, quote you get, stuff. Did you go a crown like for your jewels? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't I didn't hang on to any of the stuff. Come um, on. I, did you get I a vest? Lost. We moved and I must have lost it all in the movie. Oh, you missed out on the good my, stuff. My crown and did jewels. Did you have all that? that. Oh, yeah. My wife best. grew up with that stuff. I had a book. Stuff. Yeah, me and Chris have connected on that. Uh, we yeah. both did Awana Olympics. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was too busy playing real sports to do Awana <laughs> <Yeah>. Olympics. <laughs> yeah. I was actually trying to make the Olympics. But joke's on me. I wasn't very athletic. But anyways, church is a weird, you know, to the listeners, church is just a, a unique and strange thing. Um, but to Jesus, it's very valuable. And mm. um, although, mm. you know, the things we laugh about is a church contextualizing itself into a culture where in the 90s or the 80s, Awana was a way of taking something that was working in the culture and just trying to bring biblical values into it. That, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when it goes on for too long and it doesn't adapt to the changing context, yeah. it gets stale and stuck in, in its yeah. ways. And I think um, what, what we wanted to do in this message and in today's podcast is kind of go back to what does the Bible say church is, because that's a very beautiful mm-hmm. uh, thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I think once you get that right, you can approach church biblically even now and that's and that's wonderful yeah yeah even along that note um i think one of the fascinating things about christianity is that and the church is that it doesn't always look the same in every culture right so awana mm-hmm. is an example of that adapting to a particular time and place and culture um and the church has looked so different in so many different cultures times and places across the last two thousand years and i feel like that's one of the best uh, it's a really just a compelling argument for Christianity that you don't have to convert to a culture or to a language mm. or to anything like that, that the gospel infuses itself into each and every culture, right? Um, and the church is part of that. And that's what the doctrinal mm-hmm. statement's getting at in part one. So part mm-hmm. one was, we believe in the spiritual unity of all believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. So all believers are united. This is regardless of denomination affiliation. So we wanted to go out of our way in this message to describe to people how much believers have in common with other believers, Mm -hmm. even if those believers are from a different culture. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the passage that really uh, gives us that is Ephesians 4, but also 1 Corinthians 12. So Ephesians 4 lists um, these one concepts. Mm -hmm. This is in common. This is in common. We have this in common. So let Mm -hmm. me read it. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is, and here they come, one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, as you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Okay, that's seven things that believers around the globe have in common. And mm. I think they're the most personal and most important, most deep things. And so we really wanted to make the point, Christians have so much more in common than they realize. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and the local church is this beautiful expression of people from very diverse backgrounds, diverse upbringings, political perspectives, lifestyles, economic status, all becoming one together because of what they share mm-hmm. in common. And I can get behind that. I mean, um, that is something that's that's really, really valuable and really 
unique. And I think that as churches adapt to certain contexts and cultures and have different ministry philosophies and goals, they end up looking pretty different. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, SMCC has the dark room with the lights, and this church over here has the hymns, and this church Mm -hmm. does the verse by verse. Mm -hmm. And yet those are all just different expressions of how to go about church. Yep. Mm All those people in those churches all have a lot in common, and that's what we're trying mm-hmm. to get at, the spiritual mm-hmm. unity of all believers, regardless of denomination affiliation. And I think that is what the Bible teaches. Yeah. Yeah. Even looking at that passage, uh, it starts, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So not to not to cultivate or to create or develop the unity of the Spirit, but just to keep, like to keep maintain, it. to preserve what you already have. Yeah. yeah. It's it's already there. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, where he uses the body metaphor uh, for the church, the church is a body, probably the most popular and most well-known metaphor, yeah. he makes a statement uh, that would have been shocking in the first century about the unity in the midst of the diversity when he says, Jews or Gentiles, slave or free form one body. Okay, slave or mm-hmm. free. That is the most extreme. That's like... You know the Ben Shapiro of the world and the mm-hmm. you know the CNN folks or whatever. Uh, I mean, think that? of the Anderson Cooper. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Think of the most you know the people on the left, the people on the right, actually coming together because of what they have in common in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, slaver, slaver, free Jew or Gentile would be so punchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of churches tend to become clubs or cliques or tribes where everybody thinks the same thing politically and thinks Mm. the same thing about Mm -hmm. public school versus homeschool. And Mm -hmm. what I love about SMCC is we have lived out this value of diversity and unity. And as the world becomes more polarized, um, unity among diversity becomes even more powerful. Mm. And at SMCC, I see that for us. I Mm. want us to be that type of place that continues to be very diverse Mm -hmm. um, in, in, in so many ways but is still united because of the gospel. And I think that's that's part of what makes church so cool and so so powerful. And then it becomes, you know, really this family. And in the family, you're loved and cared for and supported mm-hmm. and you play your part. And um, all that is very, very cool. So um, yeah. in the message, I made this point, and it's a bit, a bit punchy and really speaks to the culture we find ourselves in. Um, we had this line, there's not one true church of Jesus Christ, but one true body of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And I think that's what the Bible... Um, is teaching here. So yeah. So Eric, question for you, and I don't know if um, you, you you know you, I'm sure you thought through this answer, but you know if I'm a listener, I'm thinking, okay, so there's you know we share these one things, uh, the one you were talking about the body, spirit, hope, calling, all those yeah. things. We're thinking about it's not one you know true church, but the body. You know what? Uh, wh- are there limitations to that? Like if I just live here in Utah, can I just go to any building that says church on it and? That's part of the the body. Wow, uh, gosh, that's a that's a great question. No, hmm. um, it is very clear in the New Testament that there were sound churches, healthy, God honoring, mature churches, mm. and there were unhealthy churches. In fact, the Book of Revelation has this section where uh, really clear statements are written to churches about how mm. they need to change and how they need to improve. And so, the content of a church is very important to pay attention to, and. Um, you know, I'd be happy to walk through just some some practical pieces. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are new to Utah, new to South Mountain, mm. and and for whatever reason have enjoyed SMCC and probably want to call it home. Um, and you, you just got to ask, what makes the church worth attending? You yeah, know, what makes that's a good a question. Worth attending. Yeah. Because um, remember, you have to have the right Jesus to be united in Christ with other yeah, people, and right, so you right. you do have to share the same truth 
for this to apply to you mm. mm-hmm. and to others. And that's that is important. So I don't want to I don't want to gloss over that. It's not just yeah. do they have church on the building. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's not one true church. Remember, it's one true body. And to be a part of that body, Jesus has to do the work. Mm. And there's a few things that are um, required of a worldview that place you into Christ. And mm. so I think that's important. But if you're like, what makes a church worth attending? Um, a, a good book to read to help with that is the book of Titus. Paul's writing to Titus mm. about how to be a leader, and he talks about how to structure your church in the right way. And I just have a couple thoughts. You know, number one, sound teaching. Um, very, very important that you get that right. Titus 2.1, you must teach what, what is in accord with sound doctrine. Mm. All right? So even in the first century, there was a... There was a um, authoritative doctrine that sure. existed, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing uh, is sound people. And Titus was to lead uh, people who could be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and so really, you want to you want to get a sense: Can I connect with these people um, mm. at my church? Um, and he goes through different roles of younger people, older people, and the roles mm. they can play in a healthy church. Um, which, you know, gets a little bit into the weeds. Um, Titus 3, 3 through 7 talks about what Jesus has done. So really a sound Savior. So if you got mm. sound teaching, sound people, a sound Savior, mm. you got to get Jesus right. Yeah. If, you got, if you're wrong that's about important. Jesus, that's not a church for you. Yeah. Um, the fourth, the fourth, uh, wait, did I say four? Well, I have Whatever three. Whatever step you're on. <laughs> <laughs> I have three. I have three of them. Like those are the important things in, in Titus about, uh, about how, to, how to pick a church. Now, cool. one of the things that we said that was interesting, and I want to riff on this a little bit, guys, in the message, and I'm curious if you would disagree, um, we said everybody has a church. I loved that analogy. Okay, let's talk about that. Everybody has a church. Everybody goes somewhere, has something, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's on your motorcycle, in your man cave, in your mm-hmm. garage, or, mm-hmm. you know, the church of Target. I, I've you heard, love something. <laughs> I've heard people say that, like, especially here in Utah, hiking is my, my church. Okay. You know, like, I connect with 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 God and nature, which I'm, I think are true things, but yeah, yeah like that, I've heard that terminology used before. Yeah. yeah, so I've heard that. I called it dirt church. Trevor, I explained dirt to you, like, what's church. dirt church? Yeah, I was yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's a Utah thing, dirt church. Yeah. Um, why is that not good enough for spiritual health, guys? Oh, that is a great question, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I think one piece is uh, well. So I, I used this illustration one time uh, in talking about the metaphor of the body that I was like when. According to that metaphor, if you are a Christian who's disconnected from the body, you're kind of like a severed limb, right? And the body can live without it, a hand, but the hand can't live without the body. And when you're all alone, you don't have anyone to correct you, anyone to challenge you, anyone to encourage you. Like, I know, I know a big mm-hmm. thing that marks our culture on staff is uh, kind of developing from this understanding theologically that we're created for relationships, and so we have a yeah. need for one another and being able to understand kind of the nuances of that need and to express that and support one another relationally mm. uh, in a really healthy way, you can't do that alone. Uh, you, you can't follow Jesus well alone because you need the challenge, you need the, you need the grace from other people, mm. and you need the truth from other people, and you need other people to actually give those things to as well. Um, yeah. And if you don't have that, you have no place to contribute and uh, isolated and kind of in a dangerous spot. You want to know one thing that I think is interesting too. I've had conversations with friends about this, but like, um, there can be a temptation to to go to dirt church, like we were talking about, right? Um, maybe be a little bit disconnected, like you were talking about, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Also, there's this innate piece I think in us as human beings to not uh, and hear me out on this, but not want to 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 submit to some kind of authority. And I know that's kind of a punchy statement. Um, but, um, in a church, in a body, whatever your word we want to use for it, there is someone that, 
mm-hmm. um, or some group, however you want to put it, that we're saying, hey, we're trusting mm-hmm. this. We're trusting that what you have to say is is a good thing. That might be a little scary for people. Yeah, no, it is It is a bit scary. Um, yeah, accountability in the local church. We can't escape it. Jesus mm-hmm. makes it pretty clear. The New Testament makes it pretty clear that there is church discipline. Right, right. And there's... Uh, authority in the local church that's there for your good. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, because that's been so abused by so many churches, yes. if anybody sniffs that or smells that, or if the leader assumes that and hasn't been given permission to lead in that way, yep. um, it, it's it's ugly. It's yeah. really ugly. And so I think in churches like ours, you know, non-denom, mm-hmm. we're sort of the, uh, the pushback, you know, the rebellious offshoot to <laughs> high church and to mainline uh, Protestant yeah. churches, you know, in the non-denom world. And I think a lot of people appreciate non-denominational churches because it seems that that stuff's been pushed to the side. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of tradition, not a lot of hierarchy, not a lot yeah. of, mm-hmm. uh, of red tape. Um, but that doesn't mean it's do what you want whenever, you know what no. I mean? Now, on top of that, and now we're kind of getting into church government a little bit, and by that, I mean, how is it structured and its leadership? Mm-hmm. Um you get into some interesting uh, things because, um, uh, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought for just a second. Um, oh, we don't have membership at SMCC formally. Mm-hmm. So in a church that's not connected to a greater, you know... Uh, denomination. Yeah, denomination. A church that uh, doesn't have membership, it's like, who's calling the shots and who's lead? You know what I mean? It's, it, gets, it gets a little... Um, difficult to see. Now at SMCC, mm-hmm. we've chosen an approach to our church government where we are staff-led, elder-protected. Mm-hmm. And so the elders protect the mission, vision, uh, policy, procedures, uh, policy stuff, procedures in the lane of the staff. But those types of things, that's the, the accountability. The elders provide that primarily to me and then through me to our staff. Um, and so I think uh, when you say staff-led, that accountability and authority rests with the staff. But then that's not enough. It's, well, then how will your staff lead? And if the staff decides to leave us, lead as servants, if the staff and the leaders of the church, the authorities of the church, so to speak, base their leadership on Jesus, the great shepherd, he's the chief shepherd, First uh, Peter chapter 5, and they lead like that, now you can submit, I think, to healthy church leadership knowing that they're there to serve. Mm-hmm. But you have to know if all those pieces are there to know if you're in a healthy setting. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, that's abused more than it's got than people get it right. Mm-hmm. And um, but, anyways, that's some of the way that I think about authority in church. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. I like the words you used, uh, permission, because um, yeah. I, yeah. I do believe that one of the very unique things about the the church or the body, I'm using mm-hmm. capital air quotes on those, yeah, um, is that you know there is a lot of different expressions and. Um, and, and ways of doing that ministry. And so I've always, uh, when I, when I've been a pastor at like a location, like I'm asking for people's permission to lead them. And then at the same time, like if over time it's like, Hey, I can't, for whatever reason, um, can't uh, trust you to lead. And I tell them, I would encourage you to then go find a church you can trust. A church you can trust. That's yeah. all I ask is I'm not saying, you know, you need to submit to accountability or authority because I want control. Mm-hmm. I just think it's what's best for you, regardless of whether that's with, me or you, Eric, or right. somebody else. Like I think that that's needed for you. Yeah, and and I and I love that. And there are times where someone says, "I just don't know if this church is for me." And I said, "That's that's probably true. I'd mm-hmm. love to help you find a wonderful fit in the area." Yeah, yep. and and then it becomes a question of fit. So there are other good churches in the Salt Lake Valley in the state mm-hmm. of Utah, 
And the reason we're different than them is, is just because we have a different philosophy, different framework, or different mission, mm-hmm. you know, something we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And if someone doesn't fit into that or sees it differently, I mean, man, I hope they plug into a church that they can fully commit to. Mm-hmm. Now, we're committed to being able to make disciples, um, and we want to partner with people to help them make disciples. And in this state, we think uh, the way we do that, think of season one and two of the podcast, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Our approach to that is just one approach. It's not the only approach. It's not the, I don't even know if it's the best approach. It's mm. simply our approach. Yeah. And if you're passionate about that approach as well, we want to invite you to it. We're going to, we're going to fan that flame. We want to empower you to do it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's uh, what makes a church a church. And, um, yeah. but that's where you see the differences. The differences are not in so much what is it or the beliefs around the church. Um, the differences are in the, uh, the culture, really the theological vision of the church. Mm. Those would be the main differences. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a book, um, a really great like church planting book uh, called Center Church that Tim Keller wrote. And in that book, he talks about um, the, there being an ecosystem of churches in yeah. any local area and how in order for the ecosystem to be healthy, you actually need churches to be different. And mm. um, yeah, I think that's just a really healthy way of looking at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. So anyway, so when it comes to church, you know, um, there are two things to keep in mind at all times. There's the capital C church, and that's what does the Bible say theologically about what church is, and that was what this sermon was about, body, bride, building. That's, mm-hmm. And that's what's built into our doctrinal statement, is theologically speaking, what do we believe about believers across the globe, spiritual unity of all believers? Then on the other hand, you have the, uh, the way that capital C church... Uh, manifests itself in the lower C church, uh, un- uppercase, lowercase, the lowercase church. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I said that right? Uh, uh, of SMCC. And I think uh, both of those things are at play. Um, I think we've done a, a good job in the past talking about what makes SMCC special as the, the lowercase C, and this sermon was about that uppercase C, and I hope yeah. I hope that really uh, resonated with, with people. Um, and of course, we want to be a church that builds trust with people who have been hurt by church, damaged by church. And so we talk a lot about our approach to that, which has which falls in the category of lowercase c. And I think it's easy to think, does SMCC see itself as part of the bigger body, the global church? And this was a sermon where we made that we made that case mm. with those three word pictures um, of uh, body bride and, and building. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I just thought, let's camp on that. Trevor, take us through, you're a words guy. I love words. What, why use metaphor and language? Why, why use word pictures um, mm-hmm. versus just saying like what it is? Yeah. I think that the word pictures, um, it is an interesting, just that observation alone, that the New Testament, the way that it describes the church is uh, not just, it, is that it uses metaphors, right? Different metaphors to give us pictures and understanding and um, I think one part of it is because the metaphors, give, they have so much depth, right? Like the building mm-hmm. one, it, it dives all the way back through this biblical theme of God's presence being in, you know, the tabernacle and then the temple, and uh, that's all wrapped up in the image itself. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's pieces to it that I that uh, are, you know, there's the pieces to it that I get and pieces to it that I don't get in terms of why metaphors and why word pictures, but even in like a cross-cultural way, it's interesting to see how the images continue to have meaning to bear significance. And so it's not wrapped up into one cultural understanding, but, um, you know, th- those images mean something in our culture. And, 
Yeah, I, I just think it's fascinating the way the Bible does that. Yeah, you know, language is hard in general because language is symbolic and figurative. I'm using words, which are audible sounds, to explain other real things, you know? So language in itself is is highly symbolic, and so I think we see that with these these metaphors. Um, I don't necessarily want to unpack all three metaphors. We did that um, in the message. Mm-hmm. But I think those metaphors uh, blow a hole in something that exists inside the Western culture, and that is... Uh, Western church, and that is uh, consumerism yeah. in, in church. And so both all, all three of these metaphors actually um, draw us from consumers where we take to contributors where we where we give. Yeah. And uh, I did this little fun thing in the message, um, Adam, and, and <laughs> you know, I said, hey, we got this new program. Trevor implemented it. It's the cruise program. And if you make it to church every week for the from now until Christmas, you get a free cruise on us, you know. And I thought, just just hypothetically, you know, if we did that, yeah. SMCC would be the fastest growing church in Utah. I mean, no one would miss a Sunday. We'd be packed. Yeah. And I want that. But not because of that reason. <laughs> I want that because people have decided to contribute to the body of Christ because they want to honor Jesus so much. They love him so much that they're going to love what he loves, and that's his body. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the tension of consumerism in the West. And I'm a good consumer, guys. I can shop for the best deals. Like I'm looking mm-hmm. for coupons. Oh, I'm yeah. always trying to maximize everything. Mm-hmm. When we take that same mindset and transfer it over to the body of Christ, we get messed up. And uh, we go about it completely wrong. So kind of the capitalism and consumerism of the West, you have to say that works in this one area of my life. But what Jesus has called me to and invited me to as being a part of the body of Christ is completely different. I give without expecting Mm -hmm. uh, something better in return, you know? Yeah. And man, if, if there's something that is perfectly clear like really no um, no other takes on it. You just look at what the Apostle Paul wrote about the church, and boy, the, the church is meant to be, one, super important, and two, you're supposed to take care of it, um, if I'm just using very broad strokes there. But um, the church is something that is extremely important to a believer, and um, really uh, detaching yourself from it or just saying, hey, I I believe in Jesus and that's about it. I don't really need to worry about the greater meaning of believers. Like, man, uh, either maybe you haven't read enough of your New Testament or, or, man, maybe you just, I I don't even know what else I want to say on that. I mean, it's perfectly clear that distinction. You should care about this. And and I think the bride metaphor gets at that. The bride metaphor is strong in Ephesians 2 and in Revelation um, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 5, uh, Ephesians 2 is the building uh, metaphor. Um, guys, my the person I treasure most on this earth is Carissa, my mm-hmm. bride. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think when the part of the reason the bride metaphor is used in the New Testament is this is God's way of saying how, how treasured, how precious, how special mm-hmm. local churches are across the world to Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. that's why the bride is used. Carissa is my bride. She's the most, the most special thing in my life. And yeah. I want to love what she loves. She loves our kids. And if I were to say, I'm glad you love them, I certainly, I, I certainly don't. You know what I mean? That would just be weird. <laughs> so for a Christian to say, Jesus, I love you, but I don't care about what you care about, mm. that's out of bounds. It's wrong. Ooh. It's wrong, you know? Wow. And I just think, um, I understand why people are there. Churches mm-hmm. can suck sometimes. Like, oh, let yeah. me just say, totally. leaders are horrible. People are horrible. Uh, sometimes people are, you know, I, I talk to a lot of pastors describing their horrible situations, and I'm like, Christians, you are the worst. I, I, Christian, I am the worst. Like, why are we like this? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. should be so different. But the reality is, is that 
church is this messy process of sinful people being made one because of what Jesus has done. And like, mm-hmm. that's an inside out messy work. And I love to be in the mess. It's a beautiful mess. Um, but like, I understand where if it's a listener or a loved one of a listener wants nothing to do with church. I understand that. Yeah. But that's not because of Jesus. Correct. That had nothing yep. to do with him. Yep. His approach to church, what he wants for us, is so much better. Mm-hmm. And if we were to experience, which I have in small doses, and I think probably each of us have, that's why we love the local church. Yeah. We've experienced such goodness through the through the local church, glimpses of what Jesus had in mind, and I just want that for for so many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I use a little bit of a, a loose analogy? This just happened to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to your bride analogy. Um, so I've been traveling. It's a not lot. mine, by the way. It's the Bible's, but well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the one you were referencing. Yeah. Okay. it's Paul's analogy. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, so I've been traveling a lot and I just got back from Townsend Institute just on Tuesday night. And so me and MJ went to dinner just last night and she was so sweet about, we were sitting at dinner and she said, Hey, can I give you some feedback that I think might be hard to hear? Mm. I said, yeah, no, I'd love to hear that. And she just said, I know that you really care about, I'm not sure how far this analogy goes, but hear me (laughs) out on it. I know that you really care about me, but when you go on trips like that, you know, I've told you before, I really like it if you leave me a note or if you bring me back something or send me a postcard. And she's like, you didn't do any of that on this trip. Mm. And that really hurts me. And in media is like, you know, man, you've told me this over and over and over again. And I, and, uh, I just, I failed on this. I asked for forgiveness. I said, yeah. you've told me this before. I'm really sorry about that. Can you yeah. forgive me? And it made me, it, it, it brought me to the point where I was like, I need to put structure into my life to uh-huh. make this regular. So now I've got it in my phone to remind me, <laughs> yeah. um, like every week to like find something new to do for her, to show her. She wow. likes to be, um, she says, I like to be, know that I'm thought of when I don't have to be thought of. Yeah. So anyways, I know that analogy only goes so wow. far, but like, MJ, if you're listening, good well done with yeah. your words. my goodness <laughs> so but i mean that is right like i think if anybody's listening who is married and i know everybody listening to this is not married but um boy it's a pretty important important relationship to take care of yeah and yet that's the analogy that's used as the bride yeah exactly we mm-hmm. have a trip to ohio coming up let's make sure we get get MJ. i will it's in my phone now <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i have the structure for it <laughs> nice. um no, it's the same thing uh, in my marriage, too. I, I can get so focused, I forget to call and check in and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think that does align with Ephesians 5 and the bride illustration because it talks about blemishes and wrinkles. And uh, in every marriage, you know, each spouse has its ha- has their own blemishes and wrinkles, and certainly mm-hmm. uh, the local church has its wrinkles, too. But Jesus is still leaning in and uh mm. working through it not giving up on it and uh yeah. and i think um just acknowledging that church is church has been horrific to a lot of people yeah um and yet that's not what jesus had in mind and and um as i'm saying this now you know it's just a reminder to probably say that more mm. um to just say we get it we recognize we recognize recognize it you know yeah um yeah. so you know we we wrapped up the message and i think we can wrap up the podcast with just wanting to encourage people to get into get into the local church, if it's SMCC, wonderful. We can't wait to help you and empower you and, and help you take yeah. your next step. Uh, if it's if it's not SMCC, we want it to be somewhere else. Yeah. And um, you know, I just want people to uh, to experience it. Just know it's going to be messy ahead of time. People are going to bug you. Yeah. I, I will bug you. People are going to let you down. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to, uh, sh- you know, f- take your next step to follow Jesus and love Him. 
you have to do it in the context of a local church. That was his design. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, on that note, before we wrap up, I want to throw in two things. One, earlier when I was riffing a little bit on the New Testament using metaphors, uh, I just want to clarify that good interpretation, good hermeneutics doesn't take the image and interpret it in light of your own culture and context, but you go back to the original culture and context. Yeah. Sure. So wanted to just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good clarification. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then I'll oh, oh, go You finish up, Trevor. I got got a little something. The other thing I was going to say was just this, um, you know, as you're kind of given that invitation to get involved in a local church, I think what's really interesting, they all, uh, all of these metaphors kind of blow a hole in consumerism and even the body illustration in, in 1 Corinthians 12 gets at this idea of each person being given a spiritual gift to be used and uh, to to really use within the context of a local church to bring about the full expression of the body, right, of who Jesus is and what he's like. And so I think it's kind of interesting that we're all sitting here in certain roles, and so we've got ourselves in these places, in this place where we serve in a particular way, and we contribute to the body, and yet Mm. none of us started here. And, uh, you know, that's something that's changed throughout. And so it'd kind of be interesting just to hear, like, I, I know... When I was in the interview process, Eric, I remember he, you talking about stepping into this role, saying yes to this as it being your next step, Yeah. right? And we all have a next step. We all have it continually on an ongoing basis. I think I've looked at my, like, stepping into this position as my own next step. Yeah. And no, I think, I think if you're going to be a part of the body, you're going to play your role in the family, uh, you have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's it, is that saying yes to the local church means taking responsibility for the health of your local church. And that's what that doctrinal statement's all about. We put it in the first person. It's like, I'm committed to the spiritual unity of all believers uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, based on the Bible alone, um, regardless of denomination affiliation. And I will do that by committing to my local church. Mm -hmm. And I want to take responsibility, play my part. Um, We've said before at SMCC, uh, what you can't do for everyone, you can do for one. You know what I mean? Ooh, do for one good. what you can't do for everyone. And this applies to the local church. I care about every local church. Yeah. I can't take responsibility for my part in every local church because I'm a part of the, the body here yeah. doing my part. So as you've said yes to responsibility, Adam, as you've said yes, I've said yes to responsibility. The person volunteering for the first time in the parking lot has simply said yes to a responsibility. Mm-hmm. The responsibility changes, but um, taking your next step is just stepping into more responsibility, more leadership. Not better, not worse, not more valuable, or whatever. Just a different part in the body, mm-hmm. and you got to have every part. And that's why we like to say the sermon starts in the parking lot. Yeah, that's First Corinthians twelve getting lived out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah my words on stage happened thirty minutes into a service, but the guy waving in the parking lot, he he was the intro to the message because the message is happening from the moment people engage with SMCC. Yeah, and so that's where the body's playing its part all over this place, all over the valley. Every day, the body's at work. Yeah, and, you know, my body yeah. doesn't uh, shut down. Even when I'm sleeping, my body's ticking, my heart's pumping. Uh-huh. And I think that's true of the body of Christ at SMCC. Somewhere at every point in time, someone's praying, someone's making a phone call, checking Ooh. an email. Yeah. It just never stops. And um, yeah. Yeah. and I love that. So I wanted to wrap up with just what my day is like today as we're recording this podcast, because I think it lives out this value. Trevor and I just got back from a lunch with a bunch of other pastors from the Utah County area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were living this out, the spiritual unity of all believers, regardless of church, right? We mm-hmm. wanted to be a part of that. Um, and I think that's I think that's really, really uh, important. So anyways, yeah. I'm happy that... Uh, it, it's just a great joy to know that other people are fighting the same fight in other local churches, and um, I want them to do their very best. And I, may, I know they want that for us, too. Yeah. Hey, as we wrap up, I know we're, we are wrapping up <laughs> right now. <laughs> just a quick, uh, I'm looking for a 30 second answer to this. Cause I think that somebody could be asking this question. Um, and I'll give you the example from it. When I was a campus pastor, this would have been about six years ago in new England. 
was meeting with a guy, uh, we'll call him Joe, sitting at, at a McDonald's with him. We were sharing a cup of coffee. It was a Wednesday morning, and we were going through Romans together because he was a brand new believer, um, really passionate about all that, and we were just talking about a whole bunch of different things. But he asked me, and, I, and I'm pretty sure at that time I probably butchered the answer to this question, but just give the listeners a quick 30 seconds on this. Mm-hmm. I was using the word local church. Yeah. And he's like, so what do you mean by local church? Like there's just no framework yeah. for him, a new believer to understand that. So yeah. quickly, just what's that differentiation there? Yeah. Yeah. When I say local church, I mean the church that's uh, in your locale, it's in your area. It's when you Google churches near me, mm. what pops up, you know, it's a church within a 30 minute radius of you. Um, that's the local church, you know, that type of, that type of thing versus right. the, the universal church, the global church, global church which yeah. is all churches across the globe. So the local church is, SMCC is a local church and is a part of the bigger thing, but SMCC is not the only true church. Yeah, and I think that's when you say the local church, you're saying you're recognizing that whatever church you're in when you're saying that is not the, the entire picture. Got yeah. it. Good. Hope, I hope that was helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you guys for being here today and walking through this with us. And for our listeners, thank you for being here today. We are uh, well over 22,000 downloads on the podcast. Just thank you for that support. If you haven't yet, leave us a review, please. It really actually does more than you think it would. So go ahead right now before this wraps up, go ahead and open up your podcast app, leave a review. Also make sure to follow us on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, even YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe to us. Appreciate it so much. And uh, we'll see you again back here next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time. And we look forward to having you back again soon.